right, it's noon while we wait for the other two co-hosts to arrive. Anybody got questions? Ryan, what's up? Uh, one quick question, possibly. Uh, will we see Trey Lance at all uh, for the Niners Packers? Uh, I think, you know, I think we might. I think uh, with Jimmy G's shoulder injury and the thumb and everything, uh, if he's not playing well, I could, I could see Trey Lance come in. I could see him, you know, putting him in a little bit uh, here and there, even though that's something Shanahan hasn't wanted to do. But I could see that happening. It's like Crocky uh, and Ian are here. Anybody else got questions before we get started? All right, Alex, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, just, you know, obviously there was a lot of blowouts in this last week. Just wondering, you know, which one were you most surprised by? Crocky or Ian, you guys have a an answer for that? Um, yeah. Uh, Cardinals, I, right? It's got to be the Cardinals-Rams. Yeah. Yeah, now, I'm with I, I, yeah. I definitely thought that the Cardinals would compete more. You know, you have this quarterback who's able to extend and, and make plays on the move. You know, J.J. Watt was coming back, and, you know, I thought he would have some sort of an impact, but Cardinals just got steamrolled. So I think that definitely was the more surprising one to me. Yeah, my biggest surprise was the Steelers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, let's see. Any more questions? Alex, you good? All right, let's get started then. Uh, welcome back to the Lions football show. I'm your host, Lance Cartelli. Managing Editor for Lines.com, the greatest website on the internet. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, former NFL player Eric Crocker, and Lines writer Ian Wharton. Crocker, last week I asked you how Levi's South was. How was Levi's Southwest this past week? It, it was good. Obviously not as, as uh, jam-packed as Levi's South, and we're talking about uh, SoFi Stadium there. But I would say, you know, looking at the stands, probably about a, a 65-35 split. As far as Cowboy fans to 49er fans. So I, I think even seeing that, and I mean, there might have even been a little bit more 49er fans than that, but even seeing that, that was pretty cool. And, and it was a kind of a, a quiet crowd for a majority of that game because the 49ers were up 23 to 7, you know, in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't until I'd say the crowd really came alive when Jimmy Garoppolo threw that interception. It was rocking. It was rocking after that. And uh, that pretty much stayed the same until the uh, final whistle blew. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I guess not as bad as the last time the Niners were there uh, a couple of years ago when it was a, a sea of red. But, uh, you know, before we get into the best weekend of football of the year, I just want to remind everyone that I nailed my picks last week. So uh, let's get started. Let's start with the first game of the uh, weekend. Bengals at Titans. Titans favored by three and a half. Over under is set at 47 and a half. Will the Bengals' orange wave continue as everyone's favorite underdogs this week, Ian? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this game, and I I think people are kind of sleeping on Tennessee, and I I think that they kind of have 
for a lot of the season. We're finally seeing a healthy version of the Titans, at least like, you know, as healthy as you get this time of year. Julio Jones back. Um, Derek Henry looks like he's going to be back. Uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, which is still the best name in the NFL. He's a full participant in practice. Um, I don't I'm know. Particular to Divine Diablo, but go ahead. <laughs> that one's up there too. Uh, sad news on him. I, I had a player prop on him last week to get over six and a half tackles. Then he gets hurt in like the first like 10 minutes of the game. That was not great. Um, <laughs> but no, I think Tennessee is, uh, is really in a good spot here. I think that they match up well with, um, uh, with the Bengals, the Bengals rush defense on the year has done pretty well. I think it just, it's just different when you face the Titans, like the Titans are a different breed. Um, they can rank number two in, you know, in rushing, I think they're like fifth. Yeah, they're fifth in rushing on the year. Even without Henry, uh, it's impressive, but like it's a different monster with Henry. He's going to make so many things happen. It's a lot for one team to to prepare for. Uh, Tannehill, I think with like EPA was number one in the league when he had all of his weapons healthy, um, which it wasn't a ton. And you wouldn't probably guess that because Julio's only had 434 yards on the season. Um, but it's just the effect on the offense that he has, it's the effect that Defenses have to adjust for him. Um, I think that Tennessee's offense is going to be pretty effective. Like they're not the team that's going to obviously come out and, and score 40 and make it look sexy. And you walk away saying like, wow, like that's a dynamic team, but they, they just continue to get it done. And I, I think they do a good job of taking care of similar teams and lesser teams playing up is going to be tough for them. Unless it's just a stylistic thing where, you know, we kind of saw it against the chiefs um, where they had, you know, really, or I'm sorry, I think it was the Ravens. It was the Ravens two years ago? Yeah, when they had upset the Ravens. So it's like stylistically, they were just a, a nightmare for them uh, in the playoffs. And I don't think that Cincinnati has the defensive ability to really just stand up to them and, and you know, accept the bully ball and really embrace it and, and win against that. I do think that they'll do well against the passing game. So I'm looking at like a, a lower scoring game here. Um, because of that, I think Tennessee wins. I'll take Cincinnati on the points, though, in like a 21 to 20 type of game. Really close, really uncomfortable either direction. And I kind of think Tennessee is going to thrive in that situation. They're, they just continue to win ugly this season, and, and they're okay with that. You know, I'm curious to see how, how well, you know, the running back runs. Derrick Henry, you know, he's back. He looks like he has a bounce in the step. I'm pretty sure we all saw that video of him kind of walking onto the practice field. You know, he's going to – they're going to need him big time in this game to potentially wear down the Cincinnati Bengals team. You know, I, I look at how how high-powered the Cincinnati Bengals are, and I, I get it. They have a lot of young players, and they're playing in their first, like, big-time playoff game. Obviously, I think, you know, gaining the experience against the Raiders, that helps maybe get some of those jitters out. But I, I'm, I think that Burrow's going to come out and just let it rip. And they have all these weapons. They have a running back. I think it comes down to me is, can Tennessee, and I get it, they've been here, they've done that. But can Tennessee come out and keep up with this type of team or make them feel uncomfortable? And I just don't know if they can do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to be taking the Bengals, I'm going to take a lot of, you know, their weapons. I think on defense, they'll do just enough. I like Jesse Bates. He's getting his hands on a lot of passes. <laughs> Almost said balls. He's getting his hands on a, on a lot and of passes. And then he did. And, and, you know, I think this is the time where he kind of really capitalizes on that and makes a game-changing play. And if there is a turnover in this game, especially early by Ryan Tannehill, 
can he recover? Because he hasn't really been playing the best quarterbacking this season. And I know a lot of it maybe have to do with not having a guy like Derrick Henry back there who they've counted on so much. But I just don't think this has been a, the, a great year for Tannehill. I don't really like this matchup when you look at maybe having to score points with Cincinnati. I know Tennessee is at home, and that should potentially help him. And I have a lot of respect for Vrabel and what he's done as a head coach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. And Zach Taylor, this is his first time in this type of, like, man, like, big-time environment. But I'm, 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 going, I'm going with Cincinnati here. And I have Cincinnati winning. I'm going to go 27 to 21. Wow, I have the same score, but a different result. Uh, I do think you brought up some some good points. Derrick Henry coming off that foot injury, he did look like he had a little pep in his step, but he also had a little limp too. You know, he's got a steel plate in there, so I'm wondering what his workload's going to be. Deontay Foreman's been pretty great in his absence, so I would expect them to split their carries. You know, maybe even use Derrick Henry more as a decoy. But I think it's going to come down to two things. I think this is the game that the Bengals regret not upgrading their offensive line enough. That interior offensive line is going to have nightmares about Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry. I think that is going to severely slow down the Bengals running game. I think that's going to really slow down Burrow. You know, the easiest way to, to stop a quarterback like a Burrow, like a Brady, is that interior pressure. So I think it's going to be that. And then I think the coaching is just a big drop-off. I think the Titans coaching staff is just way better. Vrabel's just a better coach. They had a week off ready to prepare for this while the Bengals were out, you know, going to bars, giving out game balls to their fans, uh, acting like they just won the Super Bowl when they won one round of a playoff game. So that was a Super Bowl for, that was a Super Bowl for the, for the Bengals. They ain't won a playoff game in like a hundred (laughs) years. Yeah, exactly. So 31 year break, uh, they, they, they got the win, but you know, there's still more games to play. So yeah, I got the Titans 27-21. I do wish, you know, if the line was three, I'd consider Cincinnati plus three, but at three and a half, uh, I got 10 C covering. Any other uh, final thoughts on uh, on the Bengals-Titans game? Derrick Henry scares me. That's for sure. <laughs> Just because he can wear down the team and he can keep that Cincinnati Bengals offense on the sideline and then them feel like they have to start pressing to make plays. I think that can definitely change the dynamic of things, but... If Tennessee gets off to a slow start, I, I definitely like my uh, prediction with the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals have to get off to a quick start. I really think you're going to need like an otherworldly performance from Burrow and then either Chase or Higgins to, to hang around in this one. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to 49ers at Packers. We've got Green Bay favorited by five and a half points, uh, over-under set at 47 Will the 49ers get their revenge for their last second loss to the Packers in week three, or will Aaron Rodgers finally defeat the Niners in a game that matters, Crocky? Ooh, man, this is a good one. Obviously one that's near and dear to my heart, covering the 49ers, being a 49er fan, understanding this rivalry, you know, going back to the 90s. You know, I was a, a, a part of that as well, being a fan, watching the catch two by Terrell Owens and those guys, and, and really kind of seeing Brett Favre rip the 49ers apart for some years. I look at this matchup, man, and obviously the weather conditions could potentially play a big part in this, you know, trying to handle the ball. And I think that's where the 49ers might, I don't want to say fall short, but that, that's the biggest question mark. Can the 49ers take care of the ball in these elements? You have Jimmy Garoppolo who's coming off of a, he has a shoulder sprain and he has this thumb injury. And now he's going to be asked to really be able to take care of the ball in, in this type of weather when he hasn't been able to take care of the ball in good weather. 
<laughs> you know, in in the dome against the the Cowboys, where he's throwing an unforced interception. When I say unforced, I mean he's rolling out, he's not getting hit. There's nobody around him or the receiver, and he just throws the ball five feet over receiver's head. So those are the things that really worry me from the 49ers side. Now, the the positives with the 49ers is in this type of weather, the 49ers, they're a tough team. They're physical. They take on that mindset and that persona. You know, they play smash mouth football. They have guys that exemplify that with Debo Samuel and George Kittle. The defense, they play extremely good defense. I think when you look at this matchup on paper and you look at some of the DVOA statistics and, and metrics and things like that, 49ers are the better team on paper. I think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams, and the 49ers. Are they going to turn the ball over or not? So I, I, I'm i actually going to – I'm going with the 49ers against the spread. Having the 49ers win, that, that's tough for me. I would say Green Bay – I'm going to take Green Bay 26 to 24. Ooh, going against the Niners. I can't believe it, Crocky. How dare you? But uh, I, and I don't want to. I actually, I mean, I believe the 49ers can't win, but I just think for the 49ers to win, they, they need a little bit more to go their way. You have to count on Jimmy Garoppolo not turning the ball over, which in his last three games, he's, he's, he's turned the ball over five times. You know, and you just can't do that against Aaron Rodgers. And, and real quick to reference the first game, the 49ers, you know, had Green Bay go into the South Bay, play the 49ers at Levi Stadium, and the game came down to a last-second, you know, field goal by the Green Bay Packers. And the 49ers, even in that game, they turned the ball over twice. Packers turned it over zero times. So this is a 49er team I know that can play with Green Bay and beat Green Bay, but you definitely you just need a lot to go your way. And it's kind of tough to count on that when you have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Especially a, a not 100% Jimmy G, who we just saw that second half with. But, you know, that spread at 5.5 is a little big. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I just keep coming back to this game where it's like, you know, I look back at the first matchup between the two teams and for San Francisco, you're kind of like, well, we can throw away most of that game because San Francisco played terribly. Like the fact that they almost won that game is is amazing. It was disjointed. None of their drives really had that same rhythm and flow that we're used to. They had a couple of, of drives just that happened off of big plays. Um, it, it was a much more isolated game, I think, as far as like, not really momentum, but just being able to be productive than, than usually what we see from them. Some of that's just because Kyle Shanahan's good at, at devising game plans and his game flow is really good. It didn't, ha- it didn't happen that week. And part of that's because they were working with Trey Sermon. They were working with Trey Lance. They're getting them into different roles and that's not who they are now. And I, I think what Kroc is, is hitting though, is that like, this is the point where Jimmy Garoppolo kind of surrep- uh, uh, separates your team from other teams. It's like, you don't know what you're going to get from him, and and you kind of have to accept that, yeah, he's probably going to have a turnover or two, especially against that Packers defense, which is so good. They're really opportunistic. You know, it's not a great matchup there, and yet, like, you're you're expecting more from the 49ers than what we saw last game in that matchup, and so it, you're kind of stuck in, like, this weird middle part. I, I would think David Bakhtiari plays. I would think Nick Bosa plays. Those guys are both banged up still. You know, who knows if either are going to be, you know, full go. Neither of them may even play. It just kind of depends on how things go. But those things will add up. And especially without Bosa, you know, if Bosa's not 100%, I know it's a concussion, but it's like if, if he doesn't play, you know, 100%, that affects the line. Like he's the most disruptive player 
uh, on the team for sure, arguably the defensive player of the year. So I, I think that that matters a lot. There's just a lot of unknowns. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, well, five and a half, like I'm more than comfortable to take the 49ers to take five and a half. I, I think that that's probably the best spread play of the weekend. But yeah, I mean, do I want to take the 49ers money line? Because for me, there's value there because I think San Francisco, again, it's like a, like they just did against Dallas. They play their style and they're so good at their style. Well, Green Bay is great at their style too. It's not like Dallas where Dallas was inconsistent. We know what Green Bay is going to come out and do. But I think Green Bay has their own limitations, especially on offense. They don't have a lot of playmaking outside of Devontae Adams, and that's going to show in the playoffs as well. So for me, this is going to be you know kind of like that scoring range you guys are mentioning, 24-21, that type of game. I think that I'll take the Packers, but I don't mind taking the risk here on the money line for the 49ers. I'm definitely taking 49ers spread, and I'm really thinking about taking the money line because I don't think that the difference between these two teams uh, is, is that severe. It just right, like it just comes back to like how much faith do I want to put on on Jimmy Garoppolo? And I'm, I'm a low confidence guy on, on Garoppolo, but I do think he does enough to give them a chance to win at the very end. But I'll take the Packers to win because I don't fully trust them. Hey Ian, I, I have a question for you. If if I were to tell you that the 49ers uh, run defense completely shuts down the Packers offense. Do you think that would lessen or increase the 49ers' chances of winning this game? I probably want Aaron Rodgers not throwing the ball as much right. as I can have that. Like, I think there's a good chance of that, though. Like, I, you know, I, you know, modern-wise, we would say, yeah, like, we would rather have, you know, the run game working as opposed to having Aaron Rodgers cooking. Because I think I think if Rodgers really starts throwing the ball a lot, you know, last game he had a pretty good game. I mean, he was pretty efficient, 23, 33, 261 yards. You know, I don't want him to get the 300, 350 yards, even in a frozen tundra type of situation. I don't know that that's the game that San Francisco can play because you're t- probably talking more possessions. And I definitely don't want Jimmy G with more possessions because um, I think there's more room for mistakes there. So, yeah, I think if I'm, if I'm San Francisco, I'm like, well, let me – maybe not concede more of a rushing game, but if I have to pick between the two, run a little bit more so we can shorten this game, and then you know we'll bank on our defense bending but not breaking. Yeah, if I'm the Niners, I just stick in nickel or their dime personnel and you know try to Jedi mind trick them into running and keeping the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, especially with how well Devontae Adams is playing. Alan Lazard has really stepped up as their second receiver. And so, I, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think you know this is a toss-up game to me, uh, but I think the difference is the quarterback. Like I already don't trust Jimmy G, especially after what I saw in that second half. And now he's got that shoulder injury added on. I think if Kyle Shanahan can get a repeat of the last NFC championship game where Jimmy G throws eight passes, he would be ecstatic. The Niners run game is really the key to them because the Packers are ranked 30th in rush defense EPA this season. If they can have any success and keep the ball out of Jimmy G's hands and are able to, you know, get to that third and shorts or, even not even have a third down like they did in that opening drive against the Cowboys, that's what they want. But if I'm the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers 0-3 in the playoffs against the Niners, his hometown team, the franchise that passed on him, is he cursed or is he due? I think he's due. I think they're going to be smarter than the Cowboys were last week when I said throw deep, like attack those corners. I know the corners are playing better, but they beat Kawan Williams. Amari uh, Cooper scored that touchdown. If I'm them, I just pepper Devontae Adams with targets and make them change their game plan. 
So I expect them to attack Emmanuel Mosley, attack the rookie Ambry Thomas, and Devontae Adams has a huge game. Um, that shoulder injury for Jimmy G worries me. So uh, that being said, Niners only really play in nail-biting, heart-pounding games, win or losses. So uh, the plus five and a half is a no-brainer to me, but I got the Packers winning 29-27. Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, this? I hope the 49ers win. Hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's move on to Sunday's games. First game of the day, Rams at Buccaneers. We've got Tampa Bay with a two-and-a-half point uh, spread, 48 over under. Will Tom Brady make it to his 15th conference championship game each? Yeah, this is like this is gonna be like the legacy game of the weekend. There's gonna be a lot of you know high-profile vets in this game, especially for the Rams that are really playing for something. Like this is a huge storyline game for them. Uh, we might see the NFC Super Bowl representative come out of this game. I think that's probably more likely than than not um, that this is the game that determines that. And I think it's probably the same for the later AFC game as well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but you know that these two teams have you know, these four teams, I should say, must be the favorites to to produce the two two representatives. So another rematch. You know, a lot happened the, the last time these guys played, and it was pretty early in the season. Tampa Bay's more banged up on offense; they're healthier on defense. Rams have swapped out a lot of guys. Uh, Cam Akers somehow is playing football five and a half months after tearing his Achilles. I don't understand that at all. Um, but happy for him. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can continue to play. This is just, a, it's such a star set of game. Like, the Rams are so reliant on their stars. And this is the type of game that you built that team for. You're banking on Odell Beckham continuing to come up big in those big moments and, and make the great plays. Cooper Cup, obviously, to, to create um, acres to be able to be available and, you know, bust through some tackles. But Tampa Bay, you know, just kind of comparing these two teams' resumes down the stretch of the season. They've taken care of business outside of a bad loss against New Orleans. They've done it against a little bit better competition. I think they've been a little bit more assertive and dominant in their identity, even as guys left the lineup, even as Antonio Brown, you know, streaks off the field and Chris Godwin, you know, tears his ACL. I just, you know, this is a tough matchup for the Rams in the sense that they have more to lose. And I think that that, you know, obviously that gives them, it could give them an edge. But we have to see Matthew Stafford on that stage, too. And they played great last week. But last week's the first time that they've really played great in a couple months. They've really just been kind of chugging along against lower competition. And I think this is where this could show up. It's where, like, okay, whenever they face a really good team, they might not be fully well-rounded. And, uh, you know, Matt Stafford was super efficient last game. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's going to throw for 343 yards and four touchdowns again. Um, the – the Bucks weren't even that bad last matchup. It's just that Tom Brady had to do all the work through the ball 50 times, over 50 times. Um, no turnovers, shockingly. That's awesome. So it's, it was strange to, strange to kind of see how that game played out um, looking back. And then I just think from that moment, like these two teams have kind of – they've been good. And I just think Tampa Bay kind of found their stride a little bit better. And some of that's just because they've been more consistent with their personnel. And I think their personnel can really turn it on. Like I think they were kind of just biding their time and – they kind of knew when to turn it on like a veteran team does. So so I'll take the Bucks to cover. I like that it dipped down under three. Um, I was probably more partial to the Rams at three, solid. 
but now at two and a half, I'll take the Bucks. Um, be a great game. I mean, I, I'm hoping this ends up being like 40 to 35, you know, that type of game. Just both of these offenses go crazy. Um, we see some greatness out there. and um, But I'll probably guess that it's going to be like 31 to 28 or 31. Buccaneers end up winning. This is definitely an interesting game. You know, when you look at this, two powerhouse-type quarterbacks, uh, powerful quarterbacks, especially with Matthew Stafford. And for Matthew Stafford, I've been waiting to see him kind of turn that corner in the sense of just a little bit more consistency from the quarterback position. In some of the games, even games that the the Rams have won, you just see him do some odd things, right? You know, throw pick sixes against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, he had a stretch of pick sixes, almost like uh, Matt Schaub from some years back. And Matthew Stafford's better than that. You look at his numbers, that's all there. I mean, somebody that threw for almost 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, the 17 interceptions, it worries me just a little bit. I think the thing I wanted to see the most, especially come playoff time, was would he get on the same page as Odell Beckham? And I believe that's what we're starting to see. Now, when you look at the Buccaneers game and Tom Brady, I don't know why he's not being talked about, but he probably should be the league MVP. (laughs) Everybody's kind of crowning Aaron Rodgers already. I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody forget about what Tom Brady has done in Tampa Bay and not just what he's doing. I mean, without, he missed a lot of guys. I mean, there were stretches where the defense, I mean, how many guys were injured on that Buccaneers defense? And he kind of had to carry the team through that. And then you have, you know, uh, Evans, he's banged up or missing games. Godwin, he's gone for good. Uh, Antonio Brown, he quits mid-game. You know, all these just terrible scenarios for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And throughout all that, haven't really skipped a beat. They continue to win. They had one game where he just all piled on them a little too much against the Saints. But you look at this matchup, man, and I, the Rams, I think they just have a little bit too much. They got a little bit too much. And I think Matthew Stafford and Odell, they're starting to click. Obviously, Cooper Cup, he is what he is. I think he's going to eat and feast on this wounded secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shut down the Rams' run game and make the Rams more one-dimensional? I think that can affect the game with Stafford. But if that run game gets going at all, I like the, I like the, the Rams' money line in this one. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i almost on board with you. They match up so well. Uh, they beat them the last two times they played, and that was with Jared Goff, too, So uh, for one of those games. And I just think the Rams' defensive line is just peaking right now. Them and the 49ers' defensive line are playing better than anybody right now. And the Bucks are probably without Tristan Wirfs. Ryan Jensen did not have a good game last week, and he's coming off injury. So I think that's the big difference right there. Uh, it's not even just Aaron Donald, you know, he, who should just feast this week. Ashawn Robinson's playing well. Greg Gaines is playing well. Leonard Floyd's playing well. I just think they are going to keep that game close. Brady gets the ball out, especially quick. But you got to imagine Jalen Ramsey takes out either Gronk or Mike Evans. I'm assuming Evans. So you've got the rest of the Rams' defense uh, really focusing on Gronk. But with Andrew Whitworth getting uh, being out of this game, I think that really changes things. And I really wanted to pick that Rams money line, but I think this game's more of a t- defensive struggle. I think the Bucks win, but they don't cover 23-21. Um, I do want to say that I think McVay's conservativeness is going to ultimately screw them. I think they're going to have a chance to win. But I think McVeigh's not going to go for it on like a fourth and one, fourth and two. And then Brady has one of those vintage six-minute drives that kills them. 
Where did this McVay, like, just not being aggressive come from, right? Because wasn't he one of the, like, the leaders and the pioneers of going for it on fourth and short situations? And now I see him do some things. I'm like, man, he seems a little bit more reserved with how he he's – he must have learned under Kyle Shanahan with uh, in Washington because Shanahan's conservative too. But it is it's kind of infuriating, especially when you trade all those picks for a a quarterback that you seemingly should trust to get a, a yard or two for you. You know. Yeah, one play that really comes to mind or scenario was the Forty ers mm-hmm. game where you know you you have your quarterback. Forty Nine ers have all three timeouts. You have an opportunity on third down to really put your foot on the 49ers neck, and they haven't really did anything to stop Cooper Cup. And you decide you decide to run into that defense that just shut your run down completely all game. I feel like that was almost giving up. And you gave you opened the door for the 49ers to drive down the field, which they did. So yeah, there's just some interesting decisions there where I felt like was just a little bit lack of aggressiveness. Yeah, and this is when you have to be aggressive. You know, sometimes it works out, but the process is just so failed at that point. Um, Ian, you got any more more thoughts on this game? Yeah, you guys make a lot of good points. And I mean, that's it's probably like my lowest confidence game because of that, because of that star power and that, that X factor. I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head, though. It's like the Rams have a little bit more of that variance. Um, Tampa's going to go for the throat. And some of that's just mm-hmm. Bruce Arians. Some of that is Tom Brady. Some of that is championship pedigree, bringing back – 90% of last year's roster and being able to rely on them. I don't like that they can't seemingly run the ball as well. I think that's a huge part of this game that they could really determine things is they had like 35 rushing game, rushing yards last game, last matchup. And now you guys mentioned too, like half the offensive line hasn't played well or isn't going to be able to play uh, with Worfs and, and then Jensen not playing well. And so I, you know, that those are all factors. It's really tough. Um, you know, I guess just I trust more that more of Tampa's situation. I trust that they're going to play to their identity. Like Brady's going to help his guys overcome because he always does. Like he's going to have like Cyril Grayson catch like 150 yards or something obnoxious because it's just how Tom Brady continues to, you know, push and elevate guys to the next level. Whereas like the Rams, just the X factors that Matthew Stafford and even McVay bring, and you guys, you guys kind of mentioned like McVay, like his – his quirks and his his system is so good and he comes from that tree where it's like even like Jay Gruden and like Kyle Shanahan where it's like they're really good at what they do but when they get off of that they they struggle or like they'll they'll kind of do strange things when everything seems to be pointing towards one direction and I, I just don't trust that fully and some of that's just like a gut feeling um but I wouldn't be surprised either way so this this to me would be a, a fantastic game though and um you could tell me pretty much any result after this game of what exactly happened, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the one thing that does worry me with the Rams is they no-show a lot. There are at least three or four games on their schedule. They just don't show up, and this could be a game that happens. But let's uh, let's move to the final game of the weekend, the game of the week, maybe the game of the season. Which QB do you trust more in this Bills-Chiefs game where the Chiefs are favored by one and a half points, 54 point over under? Crocky, who do you trust? Oh, man. I mean, you, you'd have to lean more towards Kansas City because it feels like they've just been here over and over and they handle the situation. And one thing that I really like about Patrick Mahomes is he never seems to really get too flustered, right? And especially in these type of situations. Now, I know we saw the Super Bowl last year where things just kind of really unraveled on him. But 
don't know, but when I look at the, the two quarterbacks and even Josh Allen, as well as he played last week, which off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, 21-25 for over 300 yards and five touchdowns. But he also just a couple weeks prior had a game where he threw three picks and like 100 yards. So if you're asking me which quarterback I trust more, it's definitely, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes because I, I think we just see fewer just pure down games from him, especially as this season has gone on. They've pretty much complete, completely been eliminated. Early on in the season, I think that was a big question with Patrick Mahomes. You know, he, he was turning the ball over a lot, but he definitely has improved a lot, you know, drastically throughout the rest of the season. What uh? What else do you think about this game? Let's let's get your pick and any other. You know, I, before last game, I would have been worried about Terry Hill and what's going on with him with his heel injury. He just looked so bad. What was it, week seventeen? I believe I was watching him hobble around. It might have been week eighteen, and I was just like, "Gosh, there's no way this guy's going to be effective in the playoffs." And then you watch last game, and it's like, "Ah, oh, nah, looks like Terry Hill is back. <laughs> he looks just fine." Drugs I, are a miraculous thing. Yeah, you know, you know, I think, I think what helps Buffalo, and you know, I've talked all this good stuff about Kansas City, but I'm going to pick Buffalo to win this game. I think what helps Buffalo most is that they've started to kind of establish a running game, and Singletary's been improving all year, and now Josh Allen has somebody he could just turn around and hand the ball off to. You know, for a long time in those games earlier in the season, where Josh Allen, a running back, didn't have a carry for the entire first half. I believe it was against, dang, who was it? The Patriots, maybe? No, the Bucks. It was against the Bucks. Nobody ran the ball for for the Bills for an entire first half outside of Josh Allen. And the more they kind of can lean lean on Singletary to kind of uh, even things out and make teams play honest, I think the the better that that helps uh, Josh Allen. So I'm actually going to go with Buffalo. I like their defense. I think they have two, two of the better safeties. In the league, uh, definitely a, one of the best safety tandems in the league. You know, I like what they do defensively up front with the, you know, establishing the running game. They can do that. Josh Allen with how, how explosive he is. I like, I like the Buccaneers. I like Buccaneers. I like the Bills in this game. All right. What do you think? Final score, real quick. Okay. Uh, final score, I'll go 34-31 Bills. Okay. Another close one. What do you think, yeah, no, I'm, I can't wait for this game. I, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Some of that is I feel like the Chiefs are inevitable right now. Like Patrick Mahomes is, is inevitable. I think that offensive line has really gelled to the point where we saw it last week where he's they're, he's able to buy time strategically again. Like he was able to um, at his finest over the last couple of years. And that offensive line is so good. They give him so much time to where he can roam and especially against like Buffalo, where Buffalo has a deep defense, they have um, a pretty good front seven. Their defensive line is deep, but it's not star-studded. They don't have that Von Miller. I mean, Jerry Hughes is good. Like, don't get me wrong. And and Ed Oliver's been playing really well, but those guys aren't the super duper stars. They're not the Frank Clark's even like at, when he plays his best. They're not the Chris Jones. Like, I just think defensively. This is where you're going to see, you know, Leslie Frazier has done an amazing job, obviously. And he probably should have had a pro bowler on that defense, but he didn't. And some of that's because Trey White was hurt. But I think that that all adds up. And that kind of starts to show at this level in the playoffs where Kansas City has such immense stardom. And 
they have a system perfectly built to accommodate for their quarterback to maximize that group. And I would also point out that Jarrett McKinnon is playing like a dude who's fighting for his career. Like he he's playing like Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be playing. He looks super explosive. He's been great in the receiving game. Um, he is running dudes over. Like that has just been awesome to see him revitalize his career after we've seen like a number of veterans go there and just kind of not do a whole lot. He's been the guy that's really grabbed that opportunity. And and I, as much as I like that Buffalo's found the same thing with Devin Singletary, I think it's even more dangerous in the hands of of the Chiefs because now Andy Reid is going to feed that a little bit more. Um, Brian Dayball wants to do that, but ultimately the Bills are Josh Allen. And we kind of talked about it last week where it's like, well, I didn't think Josh Allen was going to be perfect against the Bills again or, or against the Patriots again. And he was. He was awesome. Like, I don't really know fully how – the Chiefs stopped him because Willie Gay, his situation now is mm-hmm. pretty not great. Um, they said he's going to play. That's bad on the Kansas City side. Yeah, I mean, and, and that kind of speaks to their desperation. Um, I looked at they've only played three rushing quarterbacks all year. They were all before Willie Gay was really playing. They were all before their full defense was uh, really put together. They had guys injured. It was basically three out of like the first five weeks. Um, including the Bills. Um, they also played the Ravens and the Eagles. They couldn't stop any of the rushing quarterbacks. Their personnel is different now. Um, I think that'll help. I think gay playing will help. Uh, they've got to be willing to trust him, though, to spy Josh Allen, and I'm, I'm not counting on him to shut him down or anything like that. Um, but they at least have to make the attempt. So I think this will be a high-scoring game because of that. I just don't see either quarterback really being slowed too, too much. Um, I'm going to trust the Chiefs stars a little bit. Um, but this is the breakout moment. This is the moment for the Bills. This is that moment where they say, like, this isn't your your conference for the next decade. Um, if they win this game, that's it's an extremely powerful statement win, especially on the road. Um, I like the Chiefs to win. Definitely, I'm not counting out the Bills, but I'll take the Chiefs to win and cover um, 31 to 26. Um, but kind of similar to the last game where the star power is crazy, this coaching level is crazy. Um, so I could definitely see this going the other way, but I do think that the Chiefs, I, I just feel like th- this is their year. Like just seeing the way Mahomes was throwing with confidence to Hill, scrambling around almost, it was back to backyard football for him. And I thought that for half of this season, he didn't have that. Um, the defense has been you know, forcing turnovers at a much higher rate this season, uh, especially over like the second half of the year. They're one of the league leaders. Josh Allen has those moments. I'm still waiting for it. You know, I, I hope he doesn't revert back into it, but I do think at some point he just has a reckless pick or, or, you know, a fumble or something like that. And that's all the Chiefs really need. Yeah, it looks like uh, I'm going to have to break the tie on this one. Uh, you know, it really does feel like the winner of this game is going to win the Super Bowl. So that makes this game even extra spicy. We're just getting it a few weeks early. And then I'm, I am. I, Slightly worried that if this game is an epic, we'll all be a little disappointed. But both teams really are peaking right now, especially the quarterbacks. You know, the Bills scored seven touchdowns in seven possessions last week, and then the Chiefs scored six straight touchdowns in six straight possessions. So it's just going to be, you know, so fun. But I really think the difference to me is Josh Allen's running. I think he that's the difference maker because he's just so hard to stop. And what he does off of the run, he opens up and expands that offense even more, and he's so good when he's using his legs to open stuff up and not even just, you know, running, which they've really done more of. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see the Chiefs run game, CEH probably coming back. But like Ian said, 
Jared McKinnon is playing out of his mind. He's playing, you know, like what the Niners paid for before his ACL injuries and everything. And then I'm really fascinated to see this Bills secondary, no Tredavious White, but they are the best secondary left in the NFL and matching up against a now healthy Tyreek Hill. So it's it comes down to a, another toss flip, uh, toss up game for me, a coin flip or toss flip, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I think uh, it's time for Josh Allen to kind of prove that, you know, to take the mantle of the scariest quarterback in the NFL, go out, beat the Chiefs in uh, in Arrowhead. I think it's going to be tough, but uh, I can't quite do it. I'm going to take Buffalo to lose. I've got the Chiefs winning in a banger, 35-34. So the Bills uh, cover, but the Chiefs ultimately win. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it, but yeah, I, I got Buffalo. I got Buffalo. Uh, I like what you talked about, you know, kind of that, that change of guard at the quarterback position and kind of the scariest quarterback in the league. And I think Josh Allen is that. Now he just has to prove that he can do it on the biggest stage because, I mean, we've seen Mahomes do it, and I think everybody's anticipating uh, Josh Allen doing it, but I think now is the time. Yeah, yeah, final thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd agree. Like they, what they say, like it's like his angel, like Josh Allen's angel of death mode. Like it's there. I mean, the dude's terrifying. I mean, he's he's fun. He's fun to root for, and it's just kind of fun, like having tracked him all the way back to like his sophomore year at, at Wyoming, kind of seeing this come full circle and like him hitting this high. It's like it's just really cool to see, especially like the the draft cycle that he went through and um, a lot of the hate and like you know stuff that, you know, other fan bases were just dreading. And then you had like some people just, you know, he, he required blind faith and, you know, he's one of very few quarterbacks that have ever improved the way that he has. And uh, so I, I still take the chiefs, but man, I, you know, part of me is rooting for Buffalo too, because they are a really fun team to watch. Yeah. His progression is wild going from probably the worst quarterback in the NFL's rookie year to now arguably being the best. Um, but yeah, super fun to watch both these teams. It should be a, a banger. That uh, that's going to end our preview. Let's open it up to more questions from the listeners. Who's got some questions after our uh, extensive and insightful breakdowns? All right, Ryan, you're on the air. All right, this week again. Let's hear the props. What are your favorite guys' props? I know uh, Juice was a good one last week. You check. So. Uh, What's the lock? Well, I know I can't give away too much because I'm, I'm about to record my uh, my lines video. Let give him a taste. You, you said what now? Give him a taste. All right. But, yeah, Juice, anytime you see it and it's around 10 yards, I take it every single time. It's talking about Kyle Juszczyk. I believe last week it was around seven and a half yards. Right now, I believe today when I checked it was 10 and a half. I jump on that every single time. That's that's one prop bet because they utilize him in the passing game a good amount. If you look at the amount of times that he's had games where he, you know, has over 20 re- receiving yards, it's a good amount for someone who whose prop is typically around 9 or 10 yards. So, definitely call use check. I go with that every time you see it that low. Yeah, I'll say yes, Stefan Diggs anytime score. Uh, it's only plus 120, but man, it feels like a lot. Like, I don't, you can't go to any of these single games uh, and not expect Diggs to score a touchdown, whether he does or not. Uh, the weakness of that uh, that Kansas City team is the individual talent at cornerback. They're going to play enough man coverage to where Diggs is going to get a couple opportunities. 
Uh, we just talked about it. I mean, if, if Josh Allen's playing okay, I think he's going to fit one of those those uh, lock, rocket launcher throws into a tight window, and I'm going to take Diggs for that score. I like both of those. Mine, uh, I'm going Devontae Adams. I would take the over on whatever his receiving total is. I'd also throw down on him being uh, anytime and first TD score. I like that one too. What's the what's the uh, what's the line on that on that first TD score for Devontae Adams? I do not have it currently in front of me, but I bet it's good odds no matter what. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. plus four fifty or something. I just, I was oh. just looking at it. Yeah, that seems like a like a no brainer good value. Let's see, plus five fifty. Oof, even better. Yep, anytime at minus one thirty five. I mean, that's you got to no. take that. Yeah, you got to take that. That's crazy. <laughs> minus one thirty five. I love it. Uh, okay, uh, any other questions, guys? I know you got some. Anybody else? All right, final call. Going once, going twice. That is it for us for today's episode. You can catch us next week when we'll break down the NFC and AFC championship games. You can follow me at Casually Ginger on Twitter and read everything on lines.com. Crocky, what do you want to plug? Oh, just follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. And from there, you'll be able to see everything that I have going on whether it's my Locked On 49ers stuff, my Locked On NFL Draft show, or just my San Francisco 49ers morning show on my YouTube channel. So you can you can catch all that right there on my official Twitter account, at Eric underscore Crocker. And don't forget to watch his weekly wide receiver DB breakdowns on the Lions YouTube page. Ian, what do you want to plug? Yeah, same thing. Looked at some of these matchups this last week. Talked about the Dallas Cowboys future. Um, at NFL Film Study on Twitter. Um, basically, you know, most of my stuff is up at line, so I check out the author page, and you know, we'll get some great content out next week too. Sounds good. All right, everybody, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. See you.